Hey, this is Kate Perkovic from ITI, and if you wanna create a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, you have to listen to the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast with my good friend, Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer back here with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College, and today we're talking to Kate Perkovic, who's a good friend of mine and actually a client of ours, uh, but Kate has an amazing story. She went from waiting tables to a seven-figure business owner in just two years. She's a sales expert with millions sold in high ticket, and she's definitely an entrepreneur and influencer that you're going to want to watch over the next couple of years because she's on a crazy rocket launch of a trajectory. In this episode, we dig into how she went from serving burgers to being a seven-figure earner in under two years, why most people don't deserve to earn seven figures. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but we're going to dig into that and also what you need to do to deserve to earn seven figures. Uh, the process she uses to make tough and scary decisions and the biggest mindset shift that forced her to become a business owner, the business owner that she is now. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews. And for every new five-star review, we plant a tree to restore the rainforest of Madagascar. And we provide a child in India one year of e-learning. So give us a review and you're giving back too. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here with another great episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College with my good friend, Kate. Kate Perkovic, how's it going? Good, good. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Now, Kate, you're a, a titan of, of female business entrepreneurship coaching, <laughs> so I cannot wait to kind of dig into the details of that with you. Um, but before, before I kind of dig into all your fun story and how you got to where you are, um, with ITI, I'd love for you to kind of give everybody maybe a three to five minute background, um, you know, how Kate came to be as we know her today yeah. running a, uh, you know, soon to be seven figure business, uh, you know, yeah. from, from the days of uh, being a server, I think in the, in the Toronto airport, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's walk through that story first is kind of the, the ground way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it It went, obviously, as you know, pretty fast. Um, yeah. We kind of, at the starting point, I started as a server at Toronto Pearson. Um, at that yeah. point, just like everybody else was on Instagram, scrolling through, seeing people living that like life of freedom and having financial freedom. And I was like, I want that. Um, yeah. At the time, I had no idea like about the coaching industry at all. I didn't really know anything yeah. about the online space, to be honest. 
Um, so I had seen when scrolling, one of the influencers that I really connected with was going to an event in Toronto and it was all about how to build a online fitness business. And so at the time, um, me and my boyfriend, Phil, were both working out a lot and we were thinking, okay, you know, maybe this could be something that we could get into. Neither of us were trainers, zero certifications, yeah. nothing happening there. <laughs> um, we were like, okay, let's just put ourselves in this when, room and when, see what when was this, by the way, how long ago was this? Um, I want to say like at this point it was about two and a half years ago now from like the start, start point yeah not not, not long, long. no yeah. no like it's, it hasn't it hasn't been a very long time so it's kind of been going at warp speed um and yeah I mean it was about two and a half or so years ago and then at the time we saw this event was happening in Toronto so we went to we bought a ticket to sit in at the event and absolutely incredible like just being around other people who are really normalizing it to us it was like so crazy to be around these like really huge entrepreneurs uh but they just normalized the income they were making they were talking about 100k months and 50k months and i'm like pardon because like that's what i had known to be the normal for a a nine to five Uh, and six figures as i knew it from like a traditional home was like that you've made it once you make six figures so when they talk about that per month i was like okay i'm sold um (laughs) like it's crazy yeah it just blew our mind um and then that's such a that's such an important thing to understand for most people Mm -hmm. if you're if you're in a nine to five and you hang out with a ton of nine nine to fivers right like that's all you know that's what you think is normal and then when you go you put yourself in these different environments you just start to think normal is different right right? so I'm, i'm assuming that probably had a huge effect on you at first, to be honest, when you hear it, you think like, there's no way. Like there's, there's <laughs> what's the catch, right? Like someone's like, I make a six figure a month. I'm like, whatever. Like there's no way. Yeah. And then for people, when you start to dig into it in conversations at these masterminds and they say, yeah, like through Instagram or yeah, through YouTube. And you're like, what? Like through a free resource, like yeah. that's crazy. So like, obviously that hooked us in. And then if anyone's obviously been to an event, typically there's some type of opportunity if you're kind of like, thrilled with the event and really enjoying the experience to continue that experience. And so we did, um, at the time it was, a it was a big deal for us because we only had our server income and the investment, your boyfriend, um, your boyfriend was a server as well at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So we were going to go into the business together and it was, it was a, you know, five figure investment at the time. Like we did not have that. Um, so, uh, Phil, um, had a condo that he had purchased and that he owned and in kind of having that like go in and like figure it out later we paid the first payment and we were like okay we'll have to figure it out and from there he went actually and sold his condo to be able to invest into the business which was definitely that sounds that sounds like the stupidest thing most people have (laughs) ever like to, to a normal person you're like, yeah. you just, you just sold your condo to get into a Ponzi scheme or something like yeah. you sold your future to yeah. like go down this like irrational thing. Yeah. Like just, just tell me about that a little bit. If I'm being really honest, we lied to everybody. We told no one yeah. why we were yeah. actually doing it. We were just like, oh, we want like a, we want to be able to like, you know, rent and stuff like that. And like eventually buy <laughs> together. Like we like kind of went all around it. We didn't really tell anyone what it was truly for and to be honest because we didn't really think anyone would understand like That's, like you said that, you're leaving when security you, yeah when you really when you really go for your dream right like most people don't understand mm-hmm so that's crazy to me that like you literally went for it and you just didn't tell anybody because you were just like it, it's too like the social stress of that is actually yeah. like harder than the actual of like 
investing. <laughs> yeah, and it was hard for people to understand because the first thing we did, because we had it moved so fast. I think he sold it within like a week. Like it was very yeah. like, intense. Um, and so we knew that we wanted to kind of have liquidated money for the business. Yeah. And then we didn't have a place to live yet. So we actually had to go back to my mom's house. Uh, the two of us and our dog were like sleeping in a single bed for a little bit there to just do whatever we had to do to be able to keep going with the business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we joined, we joined a mastermind, um, the two of us. And in that we kind of decided that it'd be hard to have us as like a couple brand. Uh, it would be a little bit more resistance there. So we decided to kind of have me as the front of the personal brand. Um, and we were in this mastermind for a couple months and it was tricky because we didn't see, I wouldn't say like instant return. And that was difficult because yeah. I think that in being like someone who, again, doesn't really know anything about entrepreneurship, you're not prepped for that. You think yeah. because you're around other people who it's like overnight success is like a thing that you think is very real. And I don't yeah. think enough people kind of primed us as to like, no, this is like a long-term 10 year, you, 20 year business. You still building. have to put in the work. Yeah. You, you just, yeah. you know, you just, you're Phil just sold the condo. You just, you know, went, went after this full on and you're not getting yeah. results in the first few months. Yeah. And, and I think it was, it was tough because we felt pressure. Um, yeah. and we actually ended up having to quit the mastermind that we were in because we were so uncomfortable. Um, and things just got really intense. And at that point I actually went back. So I was like, I leave my nine to five. I had that big, like I walk out the door, like I'm not yeah. going to like, you know, come back. Um, and then I kind of had to be like, Hey, I, I need, I need hours. Like I need part-time yeah. hours. Cause we didn't, didn't have the money to kind of keep things going. And can I, can I hit on that for a second? Yeah. Cause I think this is, you you went through uh we had mike westerdahl on who you know has a million person following on on youtube and he talks about the pit of despair that every entrepreneur has to go through mm. and and if he goes he goes if you haven't been through the pit of despair yet then it's coming right yeah. because it, basically in entrepreneurship you have this moment this excitement in the beginning when you're like oh my god i'm going for it i'm, I'm jumping off i'm gonna build my wings and then you have this this kind of downturn and you're like oh my god this is this is hard. Mm -hmm. Like this is a lot more difficult than I thought. And then you yeah. come down to this pit of despair where it's like, you seem to have like, you have to go back to your nine to five. You have mm -hmm. to ask for those hours. You have to, you have to be in that like, oh my God, like I royally messed up. Like, I, yeah. like I can't do this sort of situation. Was that that for you? I think I had to have the reality check. It had to happen. Yeah. Cause I think I was too in like the la la land of like Instagram and it's all glamorous. And like, there's this yeah. just like effortless money will flow to me. And like, you know, at a certain point, maybe that will happen. But when you're first starting, there's just this level of hustle. That's just, you can't get around it. And, yeah. um, I had to go back to working at the airport. And I rem remember I actually signed a client and she sat in my section and that to me, I was like this weird, clashing of the lot like the two lives coming together and i remember saying oh, to the manager like i can't do this like I, I know you talk about this too with that kind of like leaving of the nine to five and when's the time and for me that was like the moment that i was like i have to make this work because i can't be trying to be this personality online but then like also serving them their burger like it has to be yeah. one or the other and i just decided that like i had to i had to lean in and like push harder and kind of like not to be honest, like accept defeat and like do whatever it had I had to do to just keep yeah. moving. That's amazing. So so basically you tell your manager you're 
I hit in the back. <laughs> I hit in oh the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I took a break and I said, someone else take the table. And I was just, I felt like so embarrassed because I think a lot of the time we try to on social media really portray like everything's so easy and it's perfect. Yeah. And I felt like a fraud almost because I yeah. wasn't thriving necessarily I felt um and so at that time I was just like you know what like I can't do this I need to just like lean in and jump in yeah that's yeah. amazing so you go hide in the back and then, yeah. you, tell your manager, you, then yeah. you tell your manager that you're done eventually right yeah I do I do so I was doing I was uh doing fitness coaching we decided to do some one-to-one -one fitness coaching and that was going pretty well but I mean I just didn't I'll be really honest. I think when I first got into it, it was just about the money. Like it was really, yeah. it wasn't about that. It was actually my passion. It was just more like, okay, this is something that I have like a skill at. So let's just do this, I guess. And it wasn't really yeah. any thought into it. And went into fitness coaching. That was kind of working out. And I decided from there, you know what? I can't talk about macros every day. I can't do the chicken and broccoli yeah. discussion multiple times a week. Like yeah. that's not for me. So in doing that, decided I was going to pivot and I wanted to go into sales or like business coaching and the big thing obviously that came up was the imposter imposter syndrome of like who's gonna hire me like what do i yeah. know um so it took some time to really dive into like to be honest becoming self-taught like le leaning into books leaning into research like watching youtube videos like practicing yeah. like just being self-taught and from there i'm like okay i wonder what would happen if i release a freebie and just see who's interested yeah. And so I released this thing and it, and it took off and I had tons of people in the audience who were downloading it. And I was like, okay, maybe this is a thing. Yeah. And a past mentor and that's, downloaded and that's simply, it. Simply because you were the one who actively was willing to go do the research and go compile right. everything and put it together into a format that actually worked. Right, right. And it was this yeah. kind of like, I guess my thought process was, it sounds bad, but as a server, you're selling people every day. So I'm like, oh, yeah. there's like, it's just, there's gotta be I similarities. Spent, I, spent, I spent five years in the, in the restaurant industry. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm like, I sell people every day. Like, come on, like I can do this. So, yeah. um, that plus kind of having like schooling and social work, I'm like, I think with the two combined, I can figure out some way to kind of figure out a framework here of how selling really works to teach to other people. Yeah. So in doing that, I had a past mentor who downloaded it and was like, hey, this is some great stuff. I'd love to get on a call and kind of chat about uh, maybe working together. And so for me, I was like, whoa, because it, I was like, this is kind of like happening, I guess, yeah. uh, once I got the message. And yeah, in jumping on a call, we decided that I was going to kind of become like one of the coaches to help people to start their business, kind of getting to like 10K months. Um, and that was a huge, huge, huge opportunity for me and a big learning experience. And then in being inside of that multi seven figure business, um, there became an opening to actually do sales, like on the sales calls, selling the packages. Yeah. And of course, like I didn't really have any experience, I wouldn't say with that type of package or that type of, you know, position, but I was just like lean in, like everything I've leaned into thus far has worked out. So just lean yeah. in and figure it out later. Um, and so I did, and I, I had a real knack for it. It wasn't the fact of having this crazy strategy. It was like, I think I had to start to unpack, like, I'm really good with people. Let's use that and lean in and then like, enhance the skill set from there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did that for a while and I, I was really liking the closing. And that's actually how we met was that you yep. came in as someone assisting that team um, to develop sales. And then I, I learned your consultation framework and I was like, okay, because it was like, it wasn't salesy. It wasn't like, pressure or slimy I, it was like social work but like you collect money at the end like it was like this like perfect social, combo social work, people will pay you for it yeah, yeah exactly exactly and i was like i love this i like this framework and 
from there, I like fell in love with the sales side. But then I think the thing that came up and kind of like transitioning to the next phase was that I didn't get to work with them past the sale. Yeah. And so it was like, this is a great program. Like this is going to change your life, but I will have nothing to do with it past this call. <laughs> like that to me was, was a tricky situation. Cause I think that's kind of what like lit me up when I was talking on the calls is like the impact that was yeah. going to happen. But then after that, I wasn't part of it. And I felt that yeah. disconnect. And then I remember coming to one of your events and just realizing like, I wanna be around this. Like I wanna be around other people and be an entrepreneur myself, not within like another vision. Not an uh, entrepreneur, really I need to be an entrepreneur, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think from there, I was just, you. it was weird. You asked me this question at the event and you were like, what do you wanna do? Like, do you wanna be some someone who works for someone else or do you wanna work for yourself? And I remember thinking like, this is the simplest question. And I remember so coming the, home being I like, I don't question, know. Like, it was question, crazy. Let, let me ask you if this is the question that I asked you. Is it, because um, I think this is the one I always do is, do you want to be, uh, do you want to have your own pie or do you want to be, do you want to have the piece of a much yeah. bigger pie? That right? was it. That was yeah. it. And I remember like being so stuck and coming home so anxious because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I went to a women's event and in going to that, I knew a lot about sales at that point because I'd been doing it for a while and I was giving everyone advice. I was like, oh, like you could do this with your sales system and like, you know, you could do this with your calls and had people at that event paying me within this house I was staying in for like sales consultations to like help them yeah. with their business. And I was like, how many friggin' signs do you need? Like just do the damn thing, like just yeah. lean in. And so I did and I think it was in like, a, like 48 hours I had like my 10k month because it was just girls were like take my money after that event yeah. and it was just the confirmation to me of like all the signs kind of like aligning and then I created a sales program and even then had like another pivot of like do I want to do just sales like I think like poor you having to deal with me because I was always like these epiphanies <laughs> happening one after another and I remember saying to you like I don't know if I'm just sales like I feel like I have more to offer and it's like okay then like lean in like do it like what's what could go wrong? You've made decisions. It'll work out or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then like, well, I think, but, but here's, back. here's the truth, right? The way that you approached it is, is the best way to do it, right? If you don't know the answer, the best thing you can do is make a decision and move forward, mm -hmm. right? So you make a decision, you move forward to that next thing. If you chose the right thing, awesome. Two thumbs yeah. up. If you chose yeah. the wrong thing, awesome. Two thumbs up. Now I know it's the wrong thing. I'm going to go back to the other thing, right? But yeah. that's, that's the only way you'll ever know for certain. Like if you're, sitting in one area and trying to figure, well, should I do A or B? Yeah. Right. And you're just, you never choose either. Well, then you never know either. Right. Right? You're always left wondering. And so I and think I that think is the way that to yeah, go ahead. having you as like a mentor to me, I think that type of mindset is huge because if you go to your parents or a friend, right, what do they do? They weigh out the pros and cons and they say, Ooh, that's the cons go with the other one. And yeah. so for you, it was more like, here's the pros, here's the cons. Either way you're going to learn. And it's yeah. like, it's not really a matter of one's the decision over the other. It's just like, go with whatever one and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. And leaned into business coaching. And that kind of was like the start, I would say, of everything because the business coaching allowed, I feel like the growth to just like take it to the next level. We started at zero with the business coaching and kind of was like, who's going to want this? Very quickly ended up with like 15 one-on-one -on -one clients. I'm like, well, this is not going to work um, <laughs> because it was like the same message to 15 people in a week. And so I brought everybody together and that's kind of like how ITI was born. And then in working with you guys instead of um, HIC, it went from like zero to hundred K months in like one year, which yeah. was crazy. 
So what was so so obviously that's like people hear that and they're like, "WTF, mate!" Like that, that's not that's <laughs> yeah. not possible, right? Yeah. Um, but tell me about like I, I do want everybody to understand because you know let's 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 contrast the Instagram social life yeah. of like Kate, Kate went from zero to a hundred K months mm -hmm. in like under a year. Right. That sounds phenomenal on the surface. Like, mm -hmm. tell me about like, because obviously I have a behind the scenes look at this. Tell me about <laughs> some of the struggles yeah. that you had to go through and some of the like what that actually took and what that actually meant getting to 100K a month. Because like when when people ask me, they're like, Xander, how did you go from a, from zero to 100K in under 12 months? I want to do that. And I go, no, you don't yeah. like it was hard and there was a yeah. lot of shit that like I had to go through and I'm still going through. Right. So yeah. before you say you want that, like be very careful what you're asking for. So yeah. give me a little bit of insight on that. Yeah. I think you brought up a point in one of our calls one time and you're like, well, I mean, you're in control of the speed. Like if, if you yeah. want to have the speed like zero to a thousand, like you can do that and, and hustle and, you know, put certain things on the back burner to get there. And I know you talk about that with your own journey a lot too. And I kind of like, I think when I dove into business coaching, I made this like mental decision. I'm like, I'm all in. This is my only focus during, you know, COVID season. And this is my only focus. And we're just going to lean into this and then we'll take a breather at the end. And my big goal, to be honest, was the 100K month. And I mean, during that time, I mean, I'll be really honest. I think that there are a lot of people who think they want it, but like, do you want it? Is really something yeah. that I think if you ever have someone that you know who's super successful like that, Ask them like, great, like that's the highlight, but what about like behind the scenes? Like there was a lot what of did it, burnout. What did it actually take? Yeah. There was a lot of burnout. There was a lot of, uh, to be honest, like I was up at 6 a.m. working till 10 p.m. every day. Like yep. it meant investing where I needed to invest and not having this con constant like tie to money that I had to like keep it all close and not let go. It meant like, yeah. um, to be honest, failing a lot and making, you know, if it's like a, a bad investment or a bad choice and being like, oh, okay, that happened. And like moving on and trying to just constantly put one foot in front of the other. And also like overcoming that perfectionist mindset, I think too. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people get stuck in trying to make things perfect or pretty or whatever. And I think um, a huge thing that allowed me to grow was just kind of like, as you said, not really knowing what it was going to be, but just leaning in and hoping that it was the right decision. Yeah. I think, I think that's really big too. A lot of people see like that exponential growth and they're like, oh, like Kate got it right. She figured it all out. You know, she, everything's lining up perfectly. But what they don't see is, you know, there were nine failures to that one thing that right. worked. Right. right. So it's, it's really a numbers game. Like you just failed faster than most people, right? You failed, failed yeah. faster and failed bigger and failed harder than most people to get to that point. Yeah. And I, I think like even now we have, um, again, in working together, like we have like we're bringing on our 10th team member now, um, which is crazy. And so the thing is like, even for that, I think a lot of people who see my social are like, wow, she has a team of 10, but like I had to go through some hires that didn't work out as part of that process yeah. too. So like, I think regardless of what it is, if it's sales, we had things that did and didn't work in sales. Um, if it's marketing, we tried things that did and didn't work. Um, and same thing with the team. Like we've had hires that didn't work out and now we have a rock star team. So, I mean, I think that those are all just, I try to remove the emotion from the yeah. business. And I think at the beginning I was so emotional and now yeah. I'm almost like trying to tap back into the emotion of being like, not so business oriented, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think that like you kind of have to fail fast if you want to grow fast. I love that. Speaking, speaking of team members, 
Um, I'm always interested in this because I, I obviously have my opinion on this, but you work with family members. You, I, do yeah. you still have Phil in the business as well? Like, yeah. so, yeah. so I, I obviously have Maddie in my business. She's my chief of staff. She's really the reason that the business keeps running every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always hear, you know, entrepreneurs saying like, oh, never have, never have your family or your friends in the business. Like, tell me, tell me about your thoughts on this. Cause clearly you've gone a different direction. <laughs> yeah. So I have three family members in the business. Uh, my mom is in the business and does some coaching and is also doing um, the executive assistant role. My sister does all of our marketing and Phil does our YouTube editing. Um, So three family members or close family members in the business. Um, It's interesting because like they're the hardest hustlers of the whole team. Yeah. And like, I don't really find it to be an issue. I do think that setting of expectations is essential uh, because there's a lot more gray when they're family. Uh, but I can tell you in working with family, like I, my mom's like a through and through Chris Jenner. Like that's it. Like she's just all in your mom, your on mom's the a business. Rock star, by the way, your mom's, your mom's a rock star. For like sure. <laughs> she's all in it, It's, it's nuts. And I think that, um, something that I also would say around that is I think something that I've learned a lot from you too, is like hiring for the personality and the passion and the desire to do it more than just the skill set. And I think some people think, how could you hire family? They don't have the skill sets that you need. And it was all because they had like such deep desire to see this grow. Like they were like, this is going places. If we all lean in as like a unit, um, it's going to take off kind of thing. And they felt like they had more passion than someone else I might hire because they're so close to me. Yeah. And so really that want and that desire to do it, if you, so, you know, rather than, you know, if you have someone that just needs a job in your family, maybe not the best choice no right but if you have someone that's aligned with what you're doing and really passionate about seeing it succeed absolutely yeah yeah they are i would say the like way more invested than i honestly ever even thought would happen um in the sense of like if it's a saturday and there's something to do and i'm like oh i guess we'll wait till monday it's like nope we're coming over we'll bring the laptops like we'll, we'll do it and i think it's it's um they're just really, really invested in seeing it grow because it's it's so personal to them. Uh, yeah. But again, I do think it comes from not just being like hiring to hire, but also like setting the expectations of like, this is the role that I need. Um, and I will say in working with family, you have to kind of go in understanding the dynamic's gonna be a little weird. Like the fact that I'm yeah. my mom's boss is bizarre. Um, but I think it's because we've kind of set the expectation of like, I'm always the final decision. And like, this is different than you as my mom and kind of knowing where those roles start and stop. Being able to create that clear separation of that boundary. Right. Right. That's amazing. Um, so I'm still curious. I'm really curious about, um, obviously who you are now is very different than who you were two years ago. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. so tell me about like some of the mindset shifts that you've had to go through over the last couple of years. Like, yeah, it's one thing being a, like you mentioned, being a server, thinking that six figures, you know, six figures a year is like, you know, the epitome of success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, you know, regularly having six figure months going for much, much more, right. And continuing to grow. Like, like, tell me about the shifts there. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a comment you made again, like these little things you say are just like a spark in my mind. And I'm like, that's the change I need. Um, and it was the thing of, you're not a coach, you're a company. And I was like, I'm yeah. a what? Like, it was like this weird identity shift of, I think I saw myself as like, I'm a business coach, I'm a sales coach. And it's like, no, you're a company. You're a CEO of a company now. And I think when I heard that, 
it was kind of like, how are you operating? And you said something, how was it like, seriously, these one liners that I'm just like, I don't need like a full coaching call. I just need this like little sentence. And then that keeps me going. And it was something, um, I remember when I was kind of in like the mid of the journey and I was like, I want to be a seven figure earner. And like, that's the goal. And you're like, honestly, you don't deserve it. And I was like, excuse me. Like, I'm like, I'm paying this guy to be my coach. Like what? Like what an asshole. And (laughs) I remember you saying you don't deserve it. And I'm like, how is that exactly? Um, And you're like, you don't deserve it because your habits are not that of a seven figure earner. So to respectfully, like you don't deserve to be one. Yeah. And that changed everything because I think it was a matter of like, well, I'm really not operating that way. Like the friendships that I have, how are those serving me? The way that I manage my time, like, am I scrolling on my phone when I wake up or am I getting up and like getting a workout in and doing deep work in the morning? Um, You know, how am I managing my money? Like, am, am I someone who's like looking at the finances and looking on how to grow this bigger and bigger? Or am I just like, yay, cash, collect it and move on? Like, yeah. I think it was really starting to unpack the habits of what it meant to be a CEO and asking myself how I was embodying them. And as soon as I did, I saw a huge difference because it's yeah. like you can't have success in just one area as a CEO. It's like you have to kind of embody it on all levels of mindset, relationships, money, um, movement, energy, like all of these things. And I think it was only when I started to do that that I was actually able to take on more. And that's actually when the team started to grow because I was able to create capacity for more growth to actually happen. You became a bigger, better leader. So you created right. the capacity for the team. <coughs> right. is, is there, is there, you mentioned a lot of amazing things right there in terms of like habits and shifts that you made. Is there one or two kind of like cornerstone habits that you think were really, really pivotal for you? You know, I always, I always tell people for me, and, and this sounds weird, but it's like, if I'm kind of going back to like the fitness thing, like if I'm, if I'm really paying attention to my, my health and my fitness. If I'm eating right and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working out hard in the gym, I've noticed that like my ability to keep my agreements to my nutrition and to, to my workout routine reflects in my business every single time. Is there anything like that for you? Like a, like a, a pillar or cornerstone habit or routine that you have? Yeah, I definitely would say uh, one of the things was the morning routine. So like, I think yeah. I, I used to start work at like nine or 10 and then it shifted to like 5.30, 6 a.m. And the reason yeah. being was just like six till 10 is deep work, no distractions, leaning into instantly into work. I don't have this like preset, I have to do morning routine and then um, do yeah. work. I actually literally get up, make coffee, dive right into work. And then from there, I have a break. That's, before that's Craig's, I dive into Craig's farm boy routine. Craig Valentine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have my deep work morning and then I dive into like a morning routine after that before getting into calls as like my yeah. break for myself. Um, so that's been huge. I also think that something I struggled with was I always thought like, if I can like kick ass in business, why can't I kick ass in every area? I don't need a fitness coach. I don't need a health coach. I don't need like a nutrition coach. And I think just kind of like accepting that I didn't have to be the owner and like the charge bunny of every single thing that was happening in my life. Um, And so from there hired like a trainer to be like, hey, hold me accountable to three times a week to get that movement in to water, to food, all of that. So I think getting accountability on things that didn't naturally come to me as points of motivation. And I also would say schedule of getting up early in the morning. And then from that as well, um, a really, really solid sleep routine. I think, you know, to be honest, I'm uh, admittedly like a big consumer of Gary V when I was starting. <laughs> and 
it was a lot of like hustle culture and all of this. And I'm like, you've got to outwork everybody. But the yeah. thing is, there's no time for sleep. Like, yeah, exactly. It was kind of the undertone that I got. And so then I, I was not really sleeping, to be honest. I was getting like maybe, you know, five hours kind of thing a night. And I realized like, I can't do this. This is not yeah. sustainable. And the thing is like, I get a solid eight hours now and I'm still getting tons done. So um, the whole like, I don't sleep, I have to hustle. I think it's the not necessarily the hours you put in, but the effectiveness of the hours you're yeah. doing is really a lot more important. I think that's huge because I think a lot of people, a lot of people are busy, but not productive. Right. A lot of people have too much to do, but not enough that actually matters. Right. And because right. of that, they don't sleep, they're ineffective, they're not doing the right things. And, you know, I, I sleep, I probably sleep seven and a half hours every single night. Like Maddie sleeps mm -hmm. like nine. She's a big sleep <laughs> fan. Right. Yeah. But like, the time that we're awake, like we get a lot of shit. Like I probably get double done what most people get done. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I don't have to sleep because I'm getting more right. done. So. Right. Yep. I love that. Um, so a couple, couple questions for you. Uh, did you go to college actually? I don't know. I did for social work. Yeah. For social work. That makes yeah. sense. Um, well, let me ask you this, obviously being the shit you don't learn in college podcasts, what's one <laughs> thing that you wish you learned in university or college? Hmm two things pop up to mind is finances. I don't think yeah. that anyone talks about like really teaching people about money and how money works and the cap, if we really understand the cap that can sometimes happen in a nine to five of like how long, say you want to be a seven figure earner in a nine to five, like what does that growth plan look like? Yeah. And I think if we start to really question money and, and kind of the different ways it's available to us, I think that's something that needs to become taught a lot more. Yeah. And to be honest, I think high income skills, like I think everyone teaches a lot of theory. I think they teach a lot of concepts and history and that's great. But I think it's a matter of like the implementation. How do I actually implement what I've learned and how is that going to help me to grow and to succeed in life? And I think if they had an option or even a mandatory piece of teaching, you have to learn one high income skill because we know in any area you go into, you're going to need one of them. I think what what, are, what are the high income skills that you would you would define? To me, like copywriting, being able to write yeah. effectively, speak effectively, um, sales for sure, yeah. um, leadership. I think that was also something coming in. I'm like, like what is leadership? Like understanding the difference <laughs> between like management and the leadership hat and how they're actually different. Um, yeah. And none of that is taught. So I, I think that if people were able to pick a skill that they want to hone in on, regardless of what space you go into, if you're in business or not, it's still going to help you. Um, yeah. So I think if people had that, they'd have a lot more options for growth for themselves. I love that. And we're, so we're talking high income skills, we're talking finances. Uh, now I have to ask you, like, yeah. what is money to you? Like, could you define money in, in your eyes? To me, money is opportunity. I think yeah. uh, like I used to see money as like, like shamelessly when I first started like Lamborghinis and like going yeah. on vacations and like that was what money meant to me. But I think money is just opportunity and comfort. Um, yeah. Like in some, being someone who doesn't come from money, I really was deeply wanting that 100K month. And I remember saying to you, like I just hit the biggest milestone I wanted and I have the had the biggest breakdown. Yeah. And that was because it wasn't actually like just the money itself in the account. It was like, well, what are you doing with it? What have you actually done to like embrace this goal that you have aside from the actual cash, 
what have yeah. you done to embody that goal? And I think it was like, the opportunity to travel, the opportunity to bring on family and have them be able to work from home. Like yeah. that for me was huge. That's amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, this has been absolutely phenomenal, Kate. Uh, where can people learn more about you and what's coming up next for you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely hang a lot on Instagram. So I mean, Kate Perkovic at Instagram is definitely gonna be like the go-to place where I hang out a lot. So I do a lot of free coaching on there, tons of content on there. So yeah, I definitely say Instagram. Awesome. Beautiful, Kate. Thanks for your time. This has been yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, thanks. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. Thanks.